This, 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 this is mythical. Before we get started, we wanna remind you that we have the Bleak Creek Conversations coming up at the end of October and the beginning of November. It's a live show, it's very special. We're gonna be there for it. And then a very special, special Bleak Creek Conversation on Sunday, November 3rd in Los Angeles where you can meet and greet some of the mythical crew members including Cotton Candy Randy uh, and more. And then of course we've got some more tour stops, uh, the regular live and concert tour at the end of November. All the details for that are at rhettandlinklive.com. Visit it, it. You know what? It doesn't take a commitment to go to rhettandlinklive.com. Just check it out, see where we're gonna be, tell people who you know in the area, or show up. We'll make it special, we yeah, promise. We will. Now on with the biscuit. Welcome to Ear Biscuits, I'm Rhett. And I'm Link, survivor of a pyramid scheme. Whenever I introduce myself, now that's what I'm gonna add, because that's what I wanna be known as. Okay. The guy who escaped a pyramid scheme. Are you gonna skip over the thing that we say at the beginning of every podcast? This week at the round table of dim lighting, we're gonna answer the question, how did I link the guy who escaped a pyramid scheme escape a pyramid scheme? Okay, you've got me, I've clicked. <laughs> You wouldn't have been able to hear anything unless you would have somehow right. clicked play uh, in some place. So we're gonna explore that question. Uh, and these are, we're gonna explore that via a question that we, we received from a mythical beast and some other questions that we received. We're gonna give our best, we're putting our advice hats on. We're gonna be talking about multi-level marketing, our personal experiences with that. Uh, it, we, might ha we might work up some ire. Might, we might get angry or we might get happy. We might well, laugh, we might I, cry, I think we you, might offend somebody. I think you might get angry. <laughs> I think I don't think it's about us getting angry. I think some people will feel attacked, um, you know, but that will be unintentional if that happens. Uh, before we get into those questions, do wanna say, we got a lot to be excited about around here. It, it seems like every single year, at the end of the year, like starting around October. October's a things get busy for the Retster and the Linkster. A mythical month, you know. We always got things happening in the month of October. October eleventh, your birthday. My birthday, but we got, of course, our novel, The Lost Causes of Bleak Creek, coming out on October 29th and the Bleak Creek conversations and all that goes along with that. But we're doing something very, very special. We are celebrating with a Carolina classic. We're gonna throw a big pig picking party here at the Mythical Studio. We're calling it the Bleak Creek Barbecue Bonanza and two very special guests and their guests will be chosen at random and here's how we're gonna do that. And flown to Los Angeles to, to have the pig picking with us. Yeah, and here's how we're gonna do that. So if you've pre-ordered the, uh, the novel at any time in the past or you pre-order the novel now, or you got a ticket to Bleak Creek Conversations. You go over to bleakcreek.com, you enter that proof of purchase. You can enter, each proof of purchase for a book counts once, but you can buy as many books as you want and enter for yourself. You just can't keep putting the same one back in over and over again. Uh, and then we're going to randomly select two of those people. And um, we have to say, for legal purposes, no purchase necessary to enter, void where prohibited, and full details on the website. But in a non-legal sense, we are super excited about that. We're gonna do it as authentically as we possibly can. If like anything a whole is hog. worth doing, it's yeah. worth doing with pig. I mean, the, and, and there's a, there's well, a very. Okay. That's, yeah, I don't know, I, I can't stand by that statement. 
anything worth doing is worth adding, is worth doing with a pig picking. Okay, good. Yeah, pig yeah. picking. Uh, which is a, the scene of of the opening chapter of Lost Causes of Bleak Creek is a pig picking. Yeah, and it's also what we have used to signify big moments in our lives, at least growing up. So we were like, why don't we bring this to LA? Can't you do a pig picking in LA? Let's figure out how, and this brings a mythical beast out. Pre-order the book, it's um, it's good for everybody. You wanna go ahead and get into one of these questions though? Yeah, um, after the break we'll get into the multi-level marketing, but I wanna give, we have a question about showers, and it's a good occasion for me okay. to give an update on your shower advice from last week, because I did take it. But let's read the okay. let's read the question. Uh, this question comes from Falling Star Girl. My boyfriend leaves the shower curtain open after he takes a shower. It drives me nuts. I don't like the inside of my shower being exposed. Plus, I spent good money on the curtain to complete my bathroom decor. What do you guys think of this? He leaves the shower open, but the curtain I would call that meaning the curtain is scrunched. It's closed up on itself, but which leaves the shower open. We, we all know what's happening I don't here. think anyone needed that clarification. Well, you know. But I know I, your brain works in a strange way, so. I needed it. It's fine that you said it out loud. I mean, I'm feeling your pain, because if, you if you leave a shower curtain scrunched up, it starts to get that pink stuff on it. How on earth, of all the things that could grow, even in a damp shower-like environment, how could it turn a shower curtain pink? Do you know what I'm talking about? I think that might be from you and your family. My family doesn't generate pink mold. <laughs> You've never seen like a pink residue on a shower curtain? I've seen I, I, like growing a, up. I've seen like a I remember like seeing a that gray, a lot. maybe like a brown mildew of some kind. But pink? Um, that might have been something else. That could have been an alien. I, re I distinctly remember we had like a you know, you got the decorative shower curtain, which might be made of fabric or something, but then you got the plastic shower curtain on the inside, which, you know, keeps all the moisture in. And that thing became pink at the bottom. And slimy, probably. And slimy. Well, thankfully, I, I currently- It might have been because of the, the, the pyramid scheme. I currently do not have to deal with a shower curtain because our shower has a door. And actually the last, every house I've ever lived in, in California, uh, has had a shower door and not a shower curtain. It must be because of the earthquakes. You don't want you don't well, want that curtain wrapping around you during a during a big one. You don't have a bathtub with a shower in it. I mean, uh, that's really when you got you know you got to have a shower curtain when right. you're taking a shower in a bathtub. Uh, but I know growing up, which is my, how I grew up, my brother and I had you know the traditional bathtub with a shower in it, and I know that we kept that thing open all the time because it was just a boy's bathroom. And, my, I, and I know my mom would come in there after she cleaned things up and like close it again and then we would just open it again because it's like why? I, I just, I feel your pain. I don't know how to how you motivate your boyfriend because it's one of those things that like if you really, there's so many things that I care about, you know? It's like I go in after my kids and I turn off the lights and I close their drawers and I pick up their clothes and towels off the floor. Like I cannot get my sons to pick up the towel I'll sing a lot Lincoln. I can't get him to pick up the towel off the floor or like the clothes that he took off before he got in the shower. And I've tried all types of things and I, I have not succeeded. I don't know how to do it. And you know, you know how it's gonna stop? Just don't, don't go in there. When they move out and then they begin so when you're managing themselves. I know, but I don't, she doesn't just want a boyfriend to move out. She wants to have some sort of hope. I just, w I wish I had a simple solution 
I mean, it's the right thing to do, not just for decorative purposes, but also for sanitary purposes. Maybe if you like take a microscopic image of that slimy stuff that he's helping create, um, it's kind of like when you look under your fingernails, the stuff under your fingernails under a microscope, you won't, you won't bite your fingernails anymore. Well, what if, I mean, I, when, when did you recently, when did you recently show me videos of you, what you, was this a, a mythical society thing? Well, you showed me videos of you going around your kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's right. I got so frustrated going behind them and turning off the lights and picking up all the stuff that I would I would video me doing all of it and then send them the video. But uh, the key point you're leaving out is you would make disgruntled sounds without speaking. You would just communicate like the way that humans communicated before we had words. I was grunting. And well, the you were second, grunting your disgust and your disappointment in them. Well, in the second video, I kept saying, why, why, why are these underwear in the sink? I think you should stick with the, why? stick with the grunts, man. What? Don't, don't resort to language because you're trying to connect with a deeper part of their brain, like the impulsive part of their brain that yeah. is, we're not talking about the neocortex at this point, right? You, you, you're trying to get down into the instinctive parts of the brain to change deeply rooted behaviors. So I think that what Falling Star Girl could do is she could video herself, first of all, get a close up of the the, the, the wrinkled up shower curtain and hopefully some mold, even if you need to. Oh, you like my idea. That's even good. if you need to add a little mold to get some kind of culture started there, mm. you get you, and you get a close up of that and you make a uh, whatever your disgruntled sound is and then you you have yourself opening the shower curtain. Again, you're not saying anything, you're not confronting them in the moment, you're not confronting them at when he's at the house. You just send him these videos and you do it every single day. Eventually, he's going to get tired of seeing these videos and then he'll start, it'll change his behavior. I did it two days in a row and then my kids just kinda, they laugh at me. I, it just wasn't that effective. It's so much easier. First of all, she's dealing with an adult man. Uh, and I'm not? You're what dealing are you with, saying? You're dealing with, oh. You're de- <laughs> You're dealing with children, uh, and also you're you're what you're doing is intruding in some respects on their space. I know you're you're their dad, but you're going into like their personal personal area and doing like a controlling dad kind of thing. Yeah. This is the shower that they share, so you know I feel like this is a slightly different territory. But I think your technique is sound. I just think. She needs to take your tech. You need to stop your technique and she Give it to transfer her. it to Falling Star Girl, and she needs to do it on a regular basis. And I think it will impact the behavior of her boyfriend. I think something really embarrassing needs to be inside the shower that he's going to want to hide by closing the curtain, like um, a picture of him naked. Yeah. So even when he's not in the shower naked, he's always in the shower naked. Because yeah. you know, when he's inside the shower naked, he closes it because yeah. he doesn't want to expose himself. But right. if you take a picture and then go to like, what is that, bighead.com is a place you can like get things blown up to like paste onto the wall. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor, I don't even know if that's it, but. I think that is it. Take a picture it's with, a, with a high res camera. You know, when you blow things up, you want it to be, you want the detail to be there and then you just vinyl paste him on the inside of the shower. Yeah. Now you're gonna have to deal with that when you take a shower but he will, I guarantee you, he will close that shower curtain from here on out. Don't forget about the videos. Or you could just use like um, permanent marker and just write his secrets inside of the shower. Yeah, that is fun though. 
Yeah. Um, I want to get I, in the shower. I, I want to hear your update, but what is it? Fathead.com. Not again, still not, not a sponsor. Not big head, fathead. Um, I want to hear your update, but this does remind me just because I want to ask if you remember this when you were in England. Uh, I noticed it in Scotland, but then when we got to England, until we got to like the London Hotel, um, which had a normal walk-in shower with a door, every single shower that I used in the UK, no shower curtain, and I'm talking bathtub with shower built in, so traditional, mm -hmm. but there is a sh there is a glass door that is on a swivel that only goes halfway down the bathtub. So. Did you see this? I saw it in five different places. So there's a bathtub and then there's like a plexiglass wall built above the bathtub that then. Only goes, it goes from like the, you know, you got the shower head coming out of the oh, wall. Yeah, and yeah, coming yeah. from that wall, you it have. It comes out three quarters. It comes out half, 50% okay, of the way, not three quarters. So, then, so yeah, so it's, so when you're standing in the, t in the tub, taking a shower, all the water, and you're standing in the middle of the tub, that's where the plexiglass ends and it, the water bounces off of you. Assu it's assuming that no water goes past you. Or if the water passes you, which it, it did. I mean, listen, I'm an American and I guess I shower in a particular American way because what I found is that in my dad and my mom and my brother and my sister-in-law and my wife and everybody that was with me was like, we're getting water, water all everywhere. over the floor. When and we what, went to London, we had the same thing, yeah. What is, what, what is it? What are, we, what are we doing wrong or what are they doing wrong? Because this is not a good design. How is this a good design? Yeah, I mean water's all over the floor. That It did happen to me in the, the Airbnb that we were staying in. What are we missing? Could you just hashtag Ear Biscuits, explain that to yeah, us I don't know. on the internet because I don't know, do you guys wear like a large sponge while you shower that absorbs all the excess water. I don't know how you overcome this. They're, just, they're like constantly trying to block all of the water and bounce it back. I don't wanna the, be thinking about that when I'm showering. It's high pressure. Yeah, well low uh, pressure in some places. It's, well if it's low pressure that helps, but it's a high yeah, pressure situation. Right. Yeah, right. Anxiety. Um, I also, I have a door on my shower, uh, not that a shower fully curtain. seals. Oh yeah, but the thing that I'll do is when I get out of the shower, I annoy Christy because I leave the door open so that all of the moisture in the side of the shower can um, can dissipate more quickly than if you close, if you seal it back up and then it just stays wet and I think that's when you start to produce, bacteria starts to grow. And pink mold. I, I fear that pink slime. I've noticed. Um, but then Christie's has told me a couple of times that it's a totally clear glass door that when I leave it open, she's she's ran into it a couple of times. So now I have to just leave it cracked a little bit. Just leave a little gap in it. You think about a lot of other things than the things that I think about. I know, I'm I'm gonna <laughs> die young. I'm gonna die young, man, but I've thought so hard. Um, uh, I've never thought about this particular thing. I just get out of the shower. I don't know, I, can't, I couldn't tell you what happens. Well, this morning and yesterday morning, and for, well, how long has it been? Yeah, I, well, I've tried it a few times. I've tried your advice, okay? Stare down. I get in the shower, I look out the window. On the previous podcast, you told me, don't try to hide from your neighbor when he's driving into work, leaving his, just just give him the, yeah. assert, assert your dominance. Right. Well, I'm lathering up and here he comes getting in his car, he's facing me, he's sitting in the driver's seat. Mm -hmm. Before he puts it in reverse and looks behind him, I'm like, oh gosh, this is it. Yep. 
and I instinctively started hunching. I was like, come on, Link, pull it together. Yeah, moment of truth. Be dominant. I was, I was actually washing my face at the time, so I had to stop so I could stare at him, so my forehead was lathered up. Okay, this, I got this a, is changing everything. I got a lathered up forehead. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. I'd already done the shampoo, so okay. it was all, yeah, I had a low lather, right at the brow. Okay. And I'm just looking at the guy, hoping that he does not look at me. <laughs> But it's, he's not close enough that I can immediately tell, you know, with the reflection on the windshield and everything. And I'm like, just hold your ground. Mm -hmm. Maybe he'll put it in reverse and t take off. Right. And I'm like, yes, he's, I can tell he put it in reverse. And then he's like, gonna look over his shoulder. And apparently he wasn't looking at me until he started to look over his shoulder uh -huh. to back up. Yeah. And I noticed he started to turn and then boop, he looked back. He had noticed something. Right. Me. Yeah. Naked bathing man, neighbor, asserting his dominance. With a light lather. On his forehead. He saw me, he definitely saw me. Uh -huh. And I just, I. You, you held your ground? I, 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 I flinched. <laughs> I, but I didn't duck, I didn't you like. I didn't, I didn't like and like fall down, I flinched and then I, I don't even think he picked up on the flinch and then I just, I just looked at him and he like, it, he looked at me, man, and then he put it in reverse and he took off. Let, can I see what the stare is that you're making? Well, it's a long ways. Like the, picture, I, I, picture I, suds on my forehead, and I'm because because I'm realizing that my advice could backfire at this point. I was that, washing my face <laughs> because if you're, doing, I have a special face brush because I'm it, washing my. You're well, here, I'm doing it. Okay, look at me. All right, I'm washing my forehead with the face brush. I got a special brush for my face. It's round, it, I go in a circular pattern like my mom taught me back when I used to use her Noxzema. She's like, this is how you, you don't get zits, son. Wash your face in a circular pattern. So I have my own face brush and I'm doing that and then all of a sudden I see him, I see him up there he is and I like, I, I lower the face brush and I just, this, this is what I did. That's the look? Yeah. yeah. Don't blame it on the look, he couldn't see the details. Well, I. I, I he just, knew I was looking at him, we should've, we I should've, do know that. We should have practiced because that look can be misinterpreted as you're interested. Oh. <laughs> what, no it does, I'm just looking, I'm just, I'm just. I mean you're in your shower though, think about it for a second. It's gotta be intimidating, almost like children of the corn. Like lowering like the a, eyebrows? Uh, it just can't seem well, here's the in thing, the man. least bit seductive. Nothing that you're gonna say now is helpful because it's too freaking late. The, the, the next day, after that, I'm taking a shower and I'm like, oh yeah, the stare down. And I look out there, the car's gone. Oh, you won. He leaves at a different time he now. He leaves at a different time. <laughs> <laughs> you did it, man. I did. You did it. You forced his hand. Yeah, he goes to work earlier. Yeah, he's like, I'm not gonna do this. Because he, he probably was like, man, he takes a shower at the same time yeah. every day. And he's finally stared me down. I think he wants more from the relationship. Either way, you've won. No, he's, he's thinking that about me. He thinks I want more from the relationship from the neighborly banter. He wants to move beyond it, so now he's, he's gotta avoid. All I'm saying when is, was, when I see him at the point, mailbox, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Uh, well, that's, that's a different, that's a completely different MO at that point. Act like, act like nothing happened. Yeah, 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 that's friendly neighbor situation. Right, right. That's like, hey man, how you doing, how you hey, been? Hey, hey. I haven't been looking at you from my shower. I haven't seen you in a while, while in my shower, naked, lathered myself up. That's a different link. 
You, that's the, again, that's the link that needs to be brought out in case of emergencies. Not the everyday friendly link, you know, business as usual okay. link. It's a mission accomplished then, yeah, huh? Yeah, that's very awesome. Okay, cool. How about another question? Why don't you wanna ask it? Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24 seven US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Ear Biscuits is supported by Superfeet. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Well, guess what? Your feet don't have to hurt. When you add the signature orthotic shape of Superfeet insoles to your shoes, you give your feet comfort and support where they need it most, helping redistribute forces to reduce stress and strain on your entire body, not just your feet. Superfeet insoles are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. Since 1977, Superfeet has helped millions of people worldwide experience the life-changing magic of comfy, pain-free feet. Superfeet insoles upgrade the fit, feel, and function of your footwear to help you feel your best. The signature orthotic shape of Superfeet gives your feet the right type of support where you need it most. Physicians not only recommend Superfeet to their patients, they wear Superfeet insoles in their own shoes. Superfeet is the number one doctor worn and recommended insole. Superfeet has thousands of five-star reviews and is the insole of choice for top athletes on the field, on the ice, and on the slopes and everywhere in between. Superfeet has a wide range of insoles for every activity, every shoe, and every foot. From cushioned and flexible to firm and supportive, you can dial in your fit by taking their quick online quiz. We took the quiz, we've got our, mm -hmm. our insoles coming, they're on their way. You just answer a few short questions and Superfeet will recommend the best insole choice for you. Visit superfeet.com and enter the promo code EAR at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. This gets into the, uh, to the pyramid scheme stuff. Oh gosh, we're going. Sneaking in asked, a friend, put that, put that down, that's nah. that just strikes me. A friend has been brainwashed by an MLM scheme. Well tell us how you really feel about it. She's been roped into all the feel good seminars and is losing money. She's become a bad friend because, all caps, everything comes back to the MLM message. You joked about it in your song, Friends Till the End, but how would you handle this situation? And we talked about our opinions on MLMs before. Uh, but we about to go back to the well. And can I, can I, I mean, I know you have a story. I just, have, I just have a life experience. You have an anecdote. I, I wanna say a couple of things. First of all, I know some of you listening are in, involved in MLMs. Uh, and let's be specific. It could be Amway. It could be Herbalife. It could be Herbal Life. It could be um, Mary Kay. It could be uh, what's the one? Um, what's the one we make fun of in the song? Uh, Lou LaRoe. Lou 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 Is that that's it with the leggings? Is that the it? leggings. But she had to go when she joined Lou LaRoe. Yeah. Pampered Chef, I think, does this. Still around, huh? So let me say a Tup couple. Tupperware parties from back in the I, I'll day. I'll say a couple of things. Um, we use the term pyramid scheme in the question at the top. 
impossibly in the title of this video, I don't know. Um, let me just say, first of all, pyramid schemes and MLMs are not the same thing. And people who are in MLMs are very offended by being called a pyramid scheme. And so I wanna recognize that right off the bat, that pyramid schemes are illegal, right? They're, they, it's a scam. They, they might be better described as a pyramid scam. And usually in a pyramid scheme, there's actually no quality product or product at all and it, it, you get paid for recruiting. And it's kind of this like circular, well it's actually a pyramid, but it's all based on deception and it's recognized as illegal from the Federal Trade Commission. Whereas an MLM, multi-level marketing, I'm not even gonna use the scheme, a multi-level marketing company uh, usually has a viable product that is being sold and can be sold to someone who's not a member of the thing, but people get commissions or people get commissions on sales and also people are encouraged to recruit, recruit. other people to sell. So and like the multi-levels to the marketing which could be likened if you were to draw it as a pyramid it, it is an aspect of it because it's you're not just selling something but you're trying to get people to sell things underneath you so that when they sell you get a not only they get a commission but you get a commission off of their sales I mean, and then that continues to go up that the, may not happen in every one of these that but goes up the uh, the pyramid up the, up the levels <laughs> yeah and and the pyramid get the levels are there's less people as you go up until it goes up to one person who's in charge. But the product that's being sold is not a scam, right? In in, in, a, in a reputable MLM, which I think all the ones that we just mentioned are presumably reputable. They're legal, yes. Uh, so, but the thing that we wanna talk about is specifically what being a part of one does to your friendships and relationships because it does, if especially if not managed properly, change the dynamic. Yeah, and as an outsider sneaking in a friend of someone who's inside of this thing, uh, her experience is is pretty common. You know, she has a negative view of what her her friend being involved in the MLM because of the way it's impacting uh, their relationship. She's a bad friend because it always comes back to her either to, to the MLM message, which is hey, you should buy these products for me, or hey, you should also sell these products. There, there's an, a, a lot of people who get involved, they, they, don't, they don't have, they're, they're looking for a very flexible job, they're looking for something that. You can do from home. You can do from home, you can, you can set your own hours, uh, and, and there's a promise of, of being very lucrative. Side story, when I worked at IBM, um, there was a stint where my boss on the side was involved in an, an MLM. And the only reason I knew this was because one day he asked me to go to lunch with him. Uh -oh. He had never asked me to go to lunch with him before. I mean, I go to meetings and he's there and like we have, um, sometimes we have a meeting in his office where like, you know, I, I would be held accountable to the stuff I was supposed to be working on, but I'd never just go to lunch with the guy. He was a nice enough guy. Um, we go to lunch at like the some restaurant around the IBM campus. Yeah, and and uh, we get our food and we sit down. And you're like, what is about to happen? All of a sudden, no, I'm like, okay, we're just getting lunch. Uh, hey, oh, this you is thought a good it was just lunch? Thought it was just lunch. 
It's never just lunch, Link. Well, get this, dude. All of a sudden, he he pulls out of his briefcase. Oh, he has a briefcase. He he had like a like a um a wedge, like a cardboard wedge. He puts it on the table. It's just made of cardboard. Did he want you to sit on it? It, it was a <laughs> it was a pyramid. No. Well, it was a it was a wedge, and then it he, was a presentation tool. He put yes. He pulled out a spiral bound landscape oriented notepad and then yeah. he, a flip freaking book and he st- and he starts to open up the flip book and he puts it on the thing and he was like, you know I just wanna tell you about uh, an opportunity for you to uh, be your own boss and make some extra money on the side. Red flag. As, I, as I've been doing. I'm this like, is before laptops apparently. And I'm like, hold on, this is my freaking, what? <laughs> we worked for a company that made, made laptops. laptops. Dude had a spiral bound wedge. You gotta admit there's more drama in it though because he breaks out the, you have to break out the stand before you break out the notebook. I started sweating, I'm like what What, the heck? Is he assembling a cardboard weapon? (laughs) Do I need to leave before it it becomes fully functional? At least we were in public, it wasn't like this is a clan, it's like come to my garage, you know? Which I think being in public makes it all the more embarrassing because anyone who sees you knows that you're now on the receiving end of an MLM uh, like presentation. I've, and we've both, I'm sure you've seen it. I've seen people having to endure what I was enduring. Get this, dude. I'll never forget it. Okay, dude. The first slide, man, when he when he flipped it over, the first slide was. A stock image. Uh, yes, a stock image of, of, a, of a sports car. Oh, this, oh no, a red one. Convertible. It was a it was a sport it was a red sports car, yeah. This could be yours. Would you like to drive this? And he had slick? this and he had this I mean, it's not like the dude had people skills in normal life, but something made him like he became this weird android. And he's like he's like, um, do you do you like fancy cars? And I'm like No. You know, I'm not close really, that book. <laughs> I, I honestly I was like uh, uh, have you seen my car? <laughs> I'm not really. I'm not really. No, I'm not really into sports cars. I, I've never really gotten that. Is there a pickup picture that you can paste over this one? That, you know what? That's what you a, can do with a notebook. I, I drove a non-extend cab Tacoma at the time. I remember that. I could barely. I had to get in it sideways. Um, I had to put my legs over your over your lap in order to ride with you. <laughs> I, t- I, t- I, t- you did. I told him I wasn't into cars, and then he's like, he's unfazed. He's like. Whoosh. And he flipped How over. How about women? <laughs> <laughs> it was a mansion. Oh. It was a freaking How picture big of a mansion. And, and I'm like, like, well, actually, no. I, you I, know, I was like, it's I'm. It's a lot to clean. I was like, Chrissy, There's a lot of showers that have to be closed. A <laughs> lot, of, lot of potential for pink slime to crop up. Uh, I prefer a, have you heard of a tiny house? <laughs> and, and, <laughs> of course, it, that, was, that was before tiny houses. Why are you crying? Cause <laughs> you think you're so funny? Uh, Red thinks he's so funny right now, and you uh, are funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're not so funny to make yourself cry. Yeah, well, I mean, that Did was- Did you rub your eye I or feel are like you crying? I was funny in a, like, I feel like I've been funny for like three times in a row. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You really, yeah. really need to start weeping. <laughs> So I'm like, uh, you know, Chris and I just got married. You know this, um, and we're house sitting for a couple. I mean, I mean, yeah, I want, I I would like a big house someday, but I, I'm not really into that. Wow, what does he got on the next page? So he's like, whoosh, and he's like, 
Well, what about, and I don't remember what the picture was, but there was a picture. What a weird way to, I mean, why do you say, do you want more money? I mean, because most people would be like, yes. Why, why you gotta attach monetary value what, to what you, anticipating what I'm gonna like? I know, it's so weird. Whoopsh, he flips it over and now he's hitting me with, would you like to give more to charity? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, oh, okay. So are you about to present a charity? No, he's about to present a multi-level marketing campaign so if I join, you can he makes more, more money. Charity. No, so that he can get that house and that car, man. Yeah. But he's guilting me with charity. What am I supposed to say? No, I'm, I'm not really interested in giving more to charity. I think it's a choose your own adventure thing. He probably wasn't just going to the next page because I think they teach you in the presentation, they're like. You think it's like a 911 flip book? When you meet someone who is not into material things, go to charity. Yeah. Well, and he, then if they don't like charity, you should probably end the meeting. Let me tell you something, brother. He didn't skip a slide. Okay. So this is to catch everybody. And that's how it's designed. He's going on the script and it was so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It, and it wasn't fair. You know, it, 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 it makes me angry even now because this dude's my boss. I mean, it's like, I'm not supposed, you know, it's, it's not appropriate. You felt pressured. Yeah, it's like you can't. You could have easily felt pressured. Yeah, you have, you have power over me as my boss and now I've got to, what, I gotta start. And please train me how to go up to strangers in this mag- magazine section of Barnes and Noble. That's happened to me twice, by the and way. It At has, Barnes right? and Noble in North Carolina, that happened where I, people, one, they started conversations with me in like the coffee shop section. And I was like, this guy's being friendly and it was that, it was, it was MLM stuff. It's not worth it to be that person because you have to, you get to a point where you gotta sell your wares, and again, I cannot remember what company he was with or what he was selling, but you get to a point where you're either going up to, str- you're being weird to strangers in, in Borders Bookshop back in the day, or you're hitting up your friends and relatives, and every time you're talking to, and there's a whole Facebook component to it now. Well, that's what happens, That that is what, has, and I'm not really on Facebook, uh, and my wife isn't really anymore, but she was for many years, and. That's what would happen. You would have someone who you haven't spoken with since high school, yeah. who reaches out and asks a question. You're like, mm-hmm. hey, how I haven't spoken to you in a long time. How are you doing? And then you respond to them, and they're like, I couldn't help but notice. I'm going to find some segue into talking about how you need this particular product. And it's like, I, I don't feel like we have to explain why that why that seems kind of just dirty and deceptive. I understand that, listen, I get it. We sell things all the time. We just tried to sell you some stuff at mythical.com. But I think that we're being pretty straightforward with like, okay, yeah, we sell merch. Go to the store and buy it if you want to. But I don't try to sell my merch directly to (laughs) my friends that, that I have relationships with. And also I'm not trying to then get them to sell it because I just don't want my friendships to be defined by that. It just, I, I don't, I know how it makes me feel, I know how you felt in that situation, and I know how it makes me feel when I feel like someone is trying to enter into a transactional relationship with me. And listen, coming from two people who live in Los Angeles, which is the most transactional town on the place, uh, the place of the planet, <laughs> the uh, face of the planet, Anytime you begin to sense that someone is investing their time into you because of what you can do for them financially, it just feels bad, man. Icky. And when you join an MLM, you are, now I'm sure there's people, obviously, 
humans are tend to rationalize things. So I'm sure there's people who listen who are right now. And first of all, you're, if you're benefiting from it financially or you've moved way up into the organization, there's absolutely nothing I can say that's going to change your mind because you're going to deflect anything that we say that makes you feel uncomfortable because you got confirmation bias. You want to continue to confirm the fact that you're in this thing and make it okay and that's fine. I'm not trying to take you out of it. I think what we're talking to is, we're actually talking to, uh, what was her name? Sneaking in uh, and how you deal with someone who's in it. So we're not talking to the person who's in it, that's your deal. But if you've got a friend who's in it, I just think the short answer is you have to be honest because yeah, the alternative I, is just saying ba- I'm a, not gonna be your friend anymore. Have a boundary conversation. Listen, I'm not comfortable with lacing our friendship with ulterior motives. You know, I, I don't like questioning whether you are whether you want me to buy something or help you sell things. And then I think there's probably a lot of people who in after they hear that from a friend will be like, oh, I'm sorry, if that's the way you feel, our friendship will have absolutely nothing to do with my involvement in this thing and I'll never talk about it. You feel no pressure from me. I At that point, sure, you can have a healthy friendship and I'm sure that's how people who have found a way to maintain healthy friendships manage their relationships. But the moment you cross that line, you, you just have to think, with any potential friend that you have, the moment that you make it about the MLM, there's really no going back unless the person is just gonna be super honest with you and you, you're gonna overcome It puts the other person in, in the difficult situation that Sneaky Nin is in, uh, that now they have to be the one to like have this awkward conversation with you when it's really, this is really all you're doing. Yeah. You know, it's like you've put them in an awkward position and you can rationalize and say, well, they'll tell me, but it's extremely difficult to tell somebody these things. Um, it's almost as difficult as staring at your neighbor while naked and bathing. Right, but sometimes you have to do these things. And, and good things do happen, but you gotta right. get over that hump. Right. Uh, uh, and, and you know, I, I, maybe I'm conflating things here, but I remember early on in, in our marriage, Christy would be invited to a lot of parties. That's and the way I, a lot I, of them start, I, right? And, because what they'll do is, it'll be for like selling kitchenware, yeah. Or I, I remember as a kid, I, me and mom and um, Jimmy and Emmy, the four of us went to this like party where they're they're like got all these fancy pots and pans, and they talking about the pots and pans for so long. We were invited to a dinner party. Where's the dinner? It was no dinner. It was just pots and pans. Now they were cooking a bunch of stuff, but we weren't allowed to eat it. Three hours after we thought we would have been eating, we're freaking starving. We are. You're looking at empty things that could have food in them. They started making dinner and then it's just like, by the time we got the meal, it was the best thing I'd ever eaten because I was about to die of starvation. Mm. It's like 10 o'clock at night. Well they wear you down so you say, sure, whatever, I'll join. Give me the daggum spaghetti. (laughs) And yeah, I was like, and you start to become like, your brain became mush and by the end of it, we're it's like buy- a police interrogation. We're bl- yeah, we're buying the pots and pans. My Keep mom hungry. and Jimmy are buying them because the food tasted so good. It was just like, but basically, we just we would just just survived a near death experience. It's like, oh my god, thank you all for these pots and pans. We got we got to bring this home. And there's these freaking jewelry parties. And when Chrissy and I, especially earlier on in marriage, we were on a tight budget. And I remember, you know me, I'm very I'm very frugal. Hmm. 
Hmm, really? And it would just get my goat when Christy would come back from these parties with her friends and everyone would have been highly pressured to. I had to, to buy something. Had to buy something. Or and else. If, and if I, bought, if I bought enough, then so and so who hosted the party, you know she's not doing well financially, so it's like. And I think those I, y- I bought, young couples are really, really susceptible to this because again, you're. If I bought more, it would help her. And then I'm like, but we don't have the money for this. You were guilted into buying things but because of group think. Yeah, it's that kind of like couples in their 20s is like that's where a lot of it gets started because you're all trying to figure out a way to make more money. I understand the the motivation, and you're like, we gotta we gotta find something else. We gotta supplement what we got going on. Uh, and I'm not saying that just across the board. There's not a healthy way for this type of company to exist, where you're kind of using word of mouth and different. Because listen, there's all kinds of ways to sell people on something. I think it's the fact that the main avenue by which these things work is through friendships. And you can't just say, hey, don't do not do this, because what I would say is don't do this with friendships that you value, because but if they said that at the big feel-good seminar that you go to, then who? Oh, you only try this with people who you don't really care about the friendship. Well, that's not gonna work, because those people don't trust you as much. And and let's, let's get in, yeah, they, they build, an entire social construct and an identity structure around uh, being involved in the MLM. When and again, this this goes back to my escape as as a kid in our family. Now, um, my stepdad at the time, Jimmy, he was a drafter. What's it called? You he wasn't an architect, but he did draft. Was you know he was a drafter. A draftsman. Draftsman. Um, in in the big city of Raleigh, he'd go up there and he like. He would draft all these plans, and it was a, it was a cool freaking job. I remember going in there and seeing everything he was drawing. It was amazing. I don't remember what happened to that job, but I maybe he was unhappy. Maybe maybe I, I I can't remember why he stopped doing that. But then there was a period where it was like, okay, now he's a plumber, you know, uh, which is amazing. That I mean, the dude went and he knew another trade, and he or he figured it out, and he was, as far as I can remember, doing pretty well but apparently not well enough to not do other things. Like I remember he was also, for a while, he was selling vacuum cleaners door to door. Rainbows. Uh, not rainbow, he was selling um, Kirby. Kirby vacuum cleaners, like heavy ass vacuum cleaners. Like I'm talking like a yeah. 50 pound, pe- like well, they're wa- solid they're water metal. Based. They're, they're big barrel, barrel water based. Now, no, no, rainbow's water based, but the Kirby was just, it was like just heavy? steel. Kirby, just heavy. Just heavy, no water involved. Uh, now, in door-to-door salesman, eh, that, that might make people feel uncomfortable, but that's not sacrificing friendships. I, I don't understand door-to-door salesman. I, I respect the fact that to, to support his family, he was doing, he was exploring many options to, to pull it together. And, you know, selling vacuum cleaners door-to-door is, c- cannot be an easy job. You know, and there's a lot of pressure involved in that, like going, just knocking on people's doors and then finding yourself in their house vacuuming, you know, and trying to sell them this really expensive vacuum cleaner. I mean, it's a lot more expensive than the ones that you could buy at Kmart or Sky City at the time. But it's not as heavy. (laughs) I mean, those are not as heavy. And, you know, there are, there's not as much of that going on. The Cutco knives thing is still happening. 
In the first year of marriage, Christy and I bought a whole wad of Cutco knives, which by the way, we still use. You but can't go out to people's doors in general, and now you can make appointments for selling things, but you can't just go out to people's doors, not anymore, man. My point is, I'm, you know, I, I don't wanna over-criticize my ex-stepdad, Jimmy, for getting involved in the MLM that he did because he was trying lots of things to pull it together for the, for the fam, you know? So I give him credit for that. But we found ourselves involved in, um, he became an insurance salesman. So again, by mostly by appointments and referrals, he was meeting with people to sell term life insurance through what was called A.L. Williams at the time. Now it's called Primerica. And if you look on Wikipedia, I, I just wanted to verify that it was a multi-level marketing organization. Yeah, it, it actually also says in the Wikipedia that a few years back, Forbes ranked it in the top 50 most trusted um, I think it was insurance companies. Well, and again, that goes back to what we talked about before. So, Re regardless of the, the marketing methods, it is a good product. That's what that is saying, right? Again, it doesn't mean that the product is bad. Right. Um, I, and and, a, and I used to think that. I used to think that there must be something wrong with this product if it has to be sold in this high pressure way versus just being on the shelf with other, other products. But no, it's just a different way to do it. So it doesn't mean which so you, is very when it comes it could to be like, great insurance. When it comes to saying. especially when it comes to something like sports drinks and supplements or cleaners like with Amway, it's like well I can just go to Target. You know, it's like why do I have to be? Why do I have to experience this higher pressure in my home or sales pitch for something that I can just get off of a shelf? And the reason why is because you know the, the prices are higher for something that you could you could get off Amazon. Um, but again, they're, they're trying to work the margins because, and they're also trying to get you to sell it. So it's, the system generates money for I guess the people at the top. But the, the fact of the matter is a lot of people get involved in these things, they just, they just fizzle out. But there's a whole world built around it where you show up at conventions and you start to, you start to feel good about it. Like as a kid, I knew who this guy A.L. Williams was. It was like, man, he started this company. Here's his success story. Jimmy really bought into it. We went down to Boca Raton, Florida. Wow. And there was this like really fancy hotels and they were all pink, like the slime in my shower. Hmm. And it, I was like, wow, this is amazing. It was one of the first times we had been on vacation as a family. Right. But he had to go to all these uh, pep talks seminars and. Oh, if we were really lucky, you could get to see the A.L. Williams himself mm -hmm. at at one of these things. He was like a he was like a celebrity. To these people they would like okay, you got to stay through Sunday, but we'll have a church service for any of you who want to go to that. And they would like became this little this community well, of like again. And um, a, a lot of times, some sort of faith component gets inserted into this because it begins to permeate so many aspects of your life and your relationships, you, so why wanna, not add that component because all that does is generate even more community feel. Well, it makes you feel good about what, yeah. You're part you're, of a family. You're a part of this thing and it, but it start. I mean, it's, even at that young age, it's like I remember things that now I interpret as just, I felt weird as a kid because it's like, I mean cultish is a strong word, but it has a little bit of that vibe where it's like. Well, I, I don't know, any, anytime, I always get really uncomfortable when people start trying to combine faith with consumerism like that. 
that seems like a real special kind of not good. <laughs> you, you know. And I'm not saying they were doing like church services and, and touting their insurance within it, but there's this there's an the underlying they're message tying the that two like together. we are we are so good and we're good for you and we're good for people that we're doing these type of things and you know, there's usually someone or groups of people with success stories that are tremendous, they're like gifted motivational speakers. So they sell all this hope, just like the flip book with the, with the mansions and the cars and stuff. And it's like, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're down on your locker, if you don't have direction and you need, you need, some, you need to scratch it together. You get everything, you get, you get a community, you get to make a living, you get, this, there's no doubt that this is an attractive thing to a lot of people. That's why so many of them are super successful. And so, and so then it becomes this odd evangelistic component of going back to the people that you're trying to sell and you're no longer selling them a product, you're selling them a lifestyle of either being rich or being happy or being, you know, it's like, you start to take that out, that energy out to people, but when you when those people have nothing to do with the thing, the first thing they experience is just this is freaking weird. Well, because most because it is. most people are able to pick up on an agenda, and and for good reason. Uh, we don't like it when we feel like someone's actions are motivated by an agenda that we don't quite yet know what it is. When you send me a message on Facebook, I sense that there's an agenda but you're not sharing that with me. When you invite me out to lunch, it seems a little bit weird. There's some sort of agenda but I won't find out until you break out the weird presentational booklet. And that's just not a healthy way to navigate friendships. Friendships and relationships are are difficult as it is when you bring this other layer of agenda into it, it's going to make things more complex and you cannot blame someone for having a problem with it and being like, I don't wanna be your friend anymore or I definitely don't want our friendship to be characterized by this. So for, for us, I mean, I only remember going to that one seminar that was a vacation where it was like, we didn't get to do a whole lot of vacation because it was like I had to stand outside of these meetings that they were having. Yeah, it wasn't very fun. It was quite a downer. You didn't see much of Boca or Raton. I remember that Jimmy had an office that was had a whole slew of paperwork and then you know stuff he was trying to get off the ground associated with this thing. I'd, he would br there would be some people that he would get to like work underneath him but I don't recall any of that really taking hold. Um, I remember there were certain people that he seemed to idolize within the higher ups within the organization that were like, okay, the guy who brought me in, the guy who brought him in, the guy who brought him in, I'm actually gonna get to meet today. And there was it was just like this weirdness, you know, that yeah. was like, how did it end for us? I, I don't, well, <laughs> I think to put it simply, uh, they got a, mom and him got a divorce and we moved out. Now, that's how it ended for you. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it had anything to do with the involved. The Al Williams or Prime Eric or whatever it's called now did not have anything to do with their divorce or their breakup. I think it was totally separate. And I just think it simply fizzled out after a while of it not working. A couple of years, it's just like this isn't working for me. You got to buy in. What am I doing? You got to buy in fully, and those who do buy in can experience a lot of success. They can get that car in that house. There's just a lot that comes along with it. But so, so 
my language is a little overblown that we escaped as if it were a cult, but I do feel like it was, I mean, when you go into that pink hotel and you're going to all the seminars and you, you're bought in, we were definitely bought in for a little while. But so you I'm, made it out. But we made it out. And now you know how we feel about it. But I think that the, the, you know, the answer for sneaking in is you just, you, you have to be honest. You gotta say, I don't want our relationship to be characterized by this. If you can bring yourself to that, otherwise you're just gonna sort of, the relationship will probably just dwindle. My summary critique of it is, if it's more about recruiting people to do something that you are also doing instead of the product itself, if you can't just isolate the product on the open market and give it an honest comparison and it wins, then you shouldn't believe in the product enough to pour your whole life and change your whole lifestyle around it. I mean, it's a bunch of smoke and mirrors. It's, it's selling a bunch of false hope. Boil it down to the product and make, a, make an honest assessment of it. Do you have to have these vitamins and this energy drink and are you, are you drinking their Kool-Aid? Or should you actually just compare it to Kool-Aid? Is there a Kool-Aid? Th- is there a Kool-Aid one? Because I might join that one. Kool-Aid with a C. It's like they went <laughs> uncreative. Uh, well, we took a long time on that one, so let's let's let's. It an- matters. Let's answer another one here uh, from Rachel Daniels. Which this one is, boy, this hits so close to home for me. What is the best way to sign off an email? I always say thanks, but what about best or regards? How do I know what's appropriate? Mm. I have thought oh, about gosh. this best so thoroughly. I, now, I'm just, I, I'll just start by giving what my practice is, and I feel stupid about this, okay? I just feel dumb. What I do is thanks with an exclamation point. And I do it, that's what I do almost always, even though if I'm not thanking you for anything. And then sometimes I won't do an exclamation point if I feel especially like I'm really, there's nothing I'm thankful for at all. So I guess I'm thanking you for reading to this point. I too, if I'm going to, sometimes I'll just sign it link. And then the third alternative is just ret. There's nothing and then I feel like I'm being cold, I'm not being warm. I'll do that in in, in a reply or a chain at that point. Or I might actually just drop my signature. They know where it comes from. In one sense, it's like when my dad puts love dad on a text. It's like, dad, I know where it's, I see that it's coming from you. Yeah. Emails work the same way. Do we really have to have a signature? The from is at the top, why put it at the bottom? Now my default is to say thanks comma and then put link underneath. But, and I've I'm, probably done that. And I'm just, in terms of what I'm thanking them for, I'm thanking them for taking the time to, to get that far in the email to actually read it. It's not about the content of the email, it's that okay, mm-hmm. apparently you've read it to this point. But sometimes you thanks. are thanking them for something. So what if you are thanking them for something, do you say thanks for that and then you're like thanks for reading the email, do you double up or no. is it just an all purpose thanks? No. Cause that's confusing. Have you tried best or kind regards or sincerely or? Uh, sincerely sounds like a, a letter, not an email. I have friends who use best and there are lots of people that I respect use best. And I think the only reason I can't use best is that it's such a foreign thing to the way that I think and speak. Like, in, and like, no one said best gr- growing up. Like, it would be, where, why is it, it's like when all of a sudden somebody says, I want you to call me Ricky instead of Richard. I, it's like, I, I, why? You know, I, I can't start using best. Well, what it, is he trying to prove? It almost feels like you, at the end of your email you would sign like James McLaughlin. It's not that it's false, but it's not what you go by. I do think. It's that, also my middle name and my last name. 
<laughs> I know. I'm just saying it wouldn't be false, but it would be a little weird. Or like a little RJ. proper. RJ? Yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah. I do feel like saying best is that weird because my criteria for the tone of my emails is if I had to, if I was standing beside you as you read this and I was reading it out loud to you, is would it I something I would have said? Definitely wouldn't say regards. It did, yeah, it's, it's, but I think the flip side of this, cause I'm, I'm on your side, but the flip side is we're, we are pointing out the lost art of the written letter. Lando's teacher um, invites people to, friends and family members to write letters to the address to the kid in the class through the school because she wants to teach kids the lost art of letter writing. Hmm. And whenever kids get a letter, they're, she's like, they're so excited. Okay, this letter time, some people have got letters. A parent can write a letter, but it goes to the school or like a grandparent or? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. she just, okay, got it. I've been writing your kids for years. Okay, good. Um, best. It is the best. Um, and But then she said, what they don't know is if they do get a letter, then I make them write a letter back and they have to learn what that's like. I think that we're applying this colloquial, conversational criteria to to email signatures because we don't appreciate the fact, there's a there's nothing wrong with the formality of the of a, of a letter. And I think best, I mean, you hated sincerely, but is it just gone or is it something that we should try to embrace and open up to as an answer to this question? Sincerely, Link. Well, you know, I feel like sometimes, I and I think this applies to texts as well, you know, like if you were to write thanks, period, at the end of your email. Uh-huh. It would send a little bit of a shudder through some of them. Whoa, whoa, what did I do wrong? I got to reread this email. He's, you know, like because of the period. The period. Yeah. Um, and I don't. I, I track with what you're saying, but I feel like trying to somehow recapture the essence of letter writing and then some and, and, and put that back into emails. It I, we're we're beyond that. It's gone. First of all, I don't think that our kids use email. I think email is becoming almost exclusively a business thing. Mm -hmm. And because of the way that it keeps a, uh, it keeps the threads together and you can group things and it's the kind of way when you need to communicate about something business-ish or business-like, mm -hmm. you need to communicate in that way. And then some people are you know, I don't really know what the criteria is for me deciding to send a Slack message to someone here at work or to send an email, but I will say that I often, because you can just as easily create a um, a group, a group, in the same way that you can create a group on email. W what I'm getting at is, I don't if know it, what the application for this will be because I think that all the emails that I send at this point are. Either I'm okay, like oh, all right, I'm gonna have this thing at my house, and I don't want to go to through the formality of creating an evite for it or something like that. It's just like, hey, I'm sending you information, and then what do I say at the end of it? If it's to a bunch of friends, I'll I'll sign off in some way that's just supposed to be fun and cute and funny. But I don't have a default. For me, this is what do I say when I send a business email. And I know that if I just transition completely to best, it would be like, hmm, okay. He's got, he's got his, he's buttoned up. There's something cool about best though, because it says no matter. Maybe it's the best response. 
I hated it when we first started talking about it, but just hear me out. Any written word is open to so much misinterpretation. You know, and I, it, it, it burdens me that so many things happen over text or email that with a simple face-to-face conversation or even a phone call, crises could have been averted left and right. Misinterpretation, feelings being hurt, um, you know, restless nights of analyzation of what did what did he mean? What it it's so and so upset. There was a period at the end of the thanks. You know, mm. the simple four letter best word is solve this? best really captures no, no matter what you you think or might have read between the lines or have interpreted from what I've written. Just know that my intentions. We're good. I, I meant. I only meant the okay, best. Okay, let's, let's examine a test case because I don't agree with you on this. Because if I write you an email and it, the last sentence in the email is, and that's why I think you're an asshole. Mm-hmm. Best. best. It's like, gosh. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I that, mean, that doesn't work. That's well, condescending per, at first of all, First of all, when I did get that email from you, I didn't even notice the the well, closing yeah, because I, I said, was. Well, I said thanks <laughs> <laughs> with an exclamation point because I, I do it out of habit. I, I, I'm just trying to give it its best shot because I do think it's a problem. I don't think there's an answer, if, if, I, if, and I hate to be. I hate was to a, say that if there was an ending that could do what Best is trying to do, I would be all for it. But I think we're so self-aware and we're so judgmental as people that like we always. It's like, well, that's 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 weird. That's pretentious. It's not something you would say. So why type Light it? Regards, yeah, yeah. It's like, get off your high horse or get in the real world. Like we're just communicating here. Be be normal. How about just something? It's like, what are you in an MLM or something? And here's the thing. At this point, I don't think you. It's not. This isn't the situation where you can invent a new phrase because then you're just weird. Like if I was just like, you know what I'm going to do? When I get done with an email, I'm just going to be like, yep, rent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Quirkle's it's like, link. It's almost like, like for, Quirkle time. Cause yep would work. Cause it would be like, it. you know how like, okay. That's how my dad. Cause, cause I also, I'm the guy that usually, if I'm not too busy, I read through the email that I just typed to make sure that it doesn't say something crazy. And so I read back through it and then I'm like, yep, send. You know? Oh, so it's, it's your. This is more like. It's what you actually yep, said. That's what I meant to say. Rhett, signature, Then why don't, why don't you just type, Okay, sending now, how pressing about, send. How about this message has been approved by Rhett McLaughlin. Oh gosh. That's Man, that feels, that feels yeah, I mean, to be an automatic signature or something. That's like a dad joke whose kids decided not to talk to him five years ago, you know? What about sent from my phone? Because that still is the automatic signature on my emails on my phone. Get rid of that crap. That is done, people. Sent from my phone is just an excuse for not rereading the email or, or not taking the time to write. I mean, just who? No one cares about email. Don't don't, I don't apologize for something you don't know if you said or not. I've gotten so close to taking sent from my phone. Now, do first I, of all, it used that? to say like sent from my iPhone or you're right because you know, that like, was a default and, and that that felt pretty pretentious. I have an iPhone. Does it does now? My, mine just says sent from my phone, and the reason that I have not taken it out of there is because. Autocorrect, man. 
Sometimes your phone will do something that your keyboard would never do. Mm. And so it's just like, did he just, does he want me to kill the whale? I don't Or does he want me to save the whale? I don't, I don't have anything. I just tested myself, there's nothing. I don't, I don't have a signature on my phone. I don't even have a signature. Well, on my work stuff, I have a signature. Yeah, but, and I understand like we've got a lot of people here who have signatures. I'm sorry, I'm I'm just deleting emails now. And they've got like, you know, you've got like the mythical entertainment, you know, logo, logo. And you've got your title and you've got your contact information. That, I think that's important depending on, you know, what your job is. Here's what I think it should be. But that's not a signature. I, well, here's what that is. No, that's a signature. Yeah, that's not, not a. a that, that's not. A, what do you call? It? What is the what, what, sign off? Sign off. I think the sign off. Here, here's my. But no, there, proposed so, salutation. Solution. There's a. What is the? That's the opening. Hello. What is the correct letter term for that though? See, we've lost all this. You should know this. This is the kind of thing that you would remember from school. The, the, I the, need to the ask clo- Lando's the, teacher. The closing of a letter is called the. The desalutation. <laughs> Desalinization. I, I don't know what it's called, but this is what I think it should be. I think when you read back through your email, you get in the rhythm of, hey, I'm reading this, I'm thinking, I'm putting my mind in the headspace of the person who's receiving this, I'm reading back through it to make sure nothing dumb is in there. Mm-hmm. And then when I get to the bottom, what do I, having gotten the momentum of just reading back through it. When you get to the, what do you call it? Valediction or complimentary closer. Complimentary closer, closing. Complimentary closing, I remember that. The valediction. I was a valedictorian of my see, high school class. So you read back through it and you're like getting the vibe, putting yourself in their shoes, and then you just, whatever you feel like you would have said if you would have given that as a speech, you say it at that point. Thanks, yep. Yeah. Send it, hitting send now. You're 100% right. And then just whatever you feel, it's just added it's, on. It's never the same, sometimes it might be best. Sometimes it might be a middle finger emoji. Do they make that? Yeah, that. Jenna is is adamantly nodding yes. Is that your is that your uh, complimentary closing? The middle finger. The middle finger emoji. What is yours? Um, I mean, you're our assistant. You you communicate on our behalf. What is your closing? It's you. It depends. It depends on who I'm talking to, and you know what time it is. It's a lot of times uh, thanks with an exclamation. Point. Thanks exclamation point. The last email she sent to us was thanks with an exclamation point. Okay, I always send exclamations to you all. <laughs> you are usually asking us to do something though. Yes. Our job is more about you asking us to do things and than then, us asking you to do things. Thanks exclamation point <laughs> is more like, in anticipation of your compliance, I am thanking you. Right. <laughs> Here's all the things that you guys should be doing that I've asked you about. Thanks for trying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you just need to. No, I think that works. I think you're doing great. But if you don't put anything, you're you are a jerk. You it's you might be seen as a jerk. Well, he just signed Rhett. No, but he didn't I've, even take the time to put a complimentary closing. Every time somebody does that, though, I respect him though. It's just like I said what I wanted to say, it's and like I, I just want it, you to remember who said it. It's a power play. It's like staring at someone from your shower. See, I don't need more power. I've got so much. What if it was just the the staring eyes emoji? Can it just translate into an email? Is there a I'm sh- always watching. Is there a showering naked? I'll be watching you. I don't know that we've helped in this one, but we gotta stop. I'll never delete this. If if you I'm keeping a record of this. Hashtag your biscuits. Give us your 
<sighs> Complimentary closing and why it's the best if you don't think it's best. We tried we, we tried so hard to, this give, is, to give you what you needed, to give you an answer. Sorry, Rachel Daniels. Link went out there, you believe so hard and best, but I dismantled it very quickly. <laughs> and now we're left with, no, it, it's, it's what you make it, man. It's all what you make best. it. All, I, always the best? Always. Always? Always. That's a bit too love letterish. Mm. How about all way? All no the ifs. all the way. <laughs> all the way best all the way. Uh okay. I don't think we've helped. About, I, I think love. You know? I, the world I, could I, use I, a little I, bit I, more love. I, I put love I'd say love to my to my mom if I send her an email. What about for for a whole month? Every email you send, no matter to who it is. Had to be love. If it's just love. That's like a David Dobrik bet. <laughs> it's like, you know. Okay, you don't wanna, okay. Well then maybe that, maybe it would be good then. Yeah, right, yeah. Maybe people maybe would we'll watch get it. views. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think David Dobrik would do an email prank. Yeah, I don't think that good. just shows how old we are. Hashtag your biscuits, let us know what you think about all the stuff. Uh, do you if, have a rec? If, if you wanna defend MLM, go for it. Uh, my recommendation, I'll keep it quick, is uh, Ken Burns Country Music. I've been watching that, you know, every episode is, I think there's eight of them. Uh, it's a documentary on the meticulous development of the amazing and best, I wouldn't say best genre. I can't say that, I was just trying to work best in, but it's, it's I'm very fond of the genre. One of the better genres. Um, country music. Lots of Merle Haggard, uh, one of his last interviews before his death. Uh, it, was, it was tough to watch the first episode because I was, you know, since he's passed, but uh, it's, cool to, it's cool to see him. He's got that gleam in his eye. How many hours of a commitment is this? Um, probably 16 to 18. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's my recommendation. Go to pbs.org, look for your local listing. If you want to stream it and they're not showing it anymore, you have to give them a little donation, but hey, it's worth it. Ken Burns was thinking about watch time before YouTube. Yeah, he was. <laughs> All right, king we'll, of watch time. We'll speak at you next week. Uh, thanks for hanging out, and if we offended you, um, what well, you know what, just, just introspect a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'll meet you at the Barnes & Noble in the uh, coffee shop. I'll be the one with a cardboard prop up for my presentation.